This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today on the show, we're still in the middle of hurricane season, unfortunately, and even though Sally shifted to not hit Mississippi, uh, you know, it's funny, if you ever listen to the show, you know we've got a ton of listeners in the area where it is really being affected, uh, South Mississippi, very much so, but also Mobile. Uh, we have a lot of listeners there and the, even the other side of the bay there that uh, listen in each week. So uh, we've got folks that are going to need help this morning. So if you've got something that you want to ask, call us 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. If you've got a DIY question this morning, uh, you can email it also to fixit 101 mpb Online.org. How are you guys, uh, folks, doing this morning? <laughs> You're going to get that one. Do it, I want man. you to go, how you girls doing this morning? Okay, yeah, just one time. How you girls doing this morning? <laughs> go ahead, Jeff, answer. Well, <laughs> Pam answers for guys, so you're going to have to answer for girls. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We're I'm an equal opportunity to, show. Right. I'm going to prove to you how smart I am. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. There you I go. Friday. <laughs> didn't say anything. That is smart. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Biloxi Friday to buy a boat, uh-huh. and I purchased the boat. Oh no! And then Sunday we had a mandatory evacuation of the harbor. Oh no! <laughs> Do you have a boat anymore but, that you know of? Yeah, we think so. Yeah, it's all good here. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, from the our mobile neighbors are are getting pounded. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, golf showing areas, but but yeah, we're we're all good in Biloxi. Good, good. Um, so, uh, Pam, what'd you get into this week? Well, you know, I I did some uh, truck maintenance. My um, that's probably for another show, but I replaced the headlight on my Toyota Tacoma. Oh, good and, for you! And by the way, yeah. the lady auto mechanic started here on Fix It One Hundred and One. Yes. I just want everyone yes. to know. Yes. Allison, so I need to let her know I, I changed that. And then uh, my I got a little upended. My I was going to have some family come in, and they were vacationing in in uh, Bay St. Louis, which is just a great town on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And um, they came a little early, so they've been here this week, and now they're going back. Yeah, yeah well, if I've got a hurricane coming my way, I'm going back, too. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. going to go see Pammy, and so they've been hanging out with me this week, but they're going to head back down there since uh, we dodged a bullet, so they'll be leaving, uh, I think, tomorrow or something, but uh, this cool weather, and I, you know, after a hurricane, I don't know if anybody's ever done a study on this, but it seems like after the storm's over, the weather is awesome. I got I to gotta admit, as bad as that was, it really does feel great. And the mornings and evenings now are just pleasant. You know, that's just, oh. they're great. So uh, anyway, I've been talking to this friend this week uh, who has had an issue. He bought a floating shelf, okay? 
So it says floating shelf, and, and if you don't know what a floating shelf is, a floating shelf is a shelf that doesn't look like it has any brackets holding it. Okay, so so what the what the magic is about a floating shelf is it actually has like uh, bolts or screws coming out of the back of it that attach to the wall behind it. Uh, here's the thing. A floating shelf, since it doesn't have any support underneath, number one, should not be required to hold anything too beefy. Uh, number two, remember you're going into the wall and this is a shelf that's going to hold some weight. You cannot go into sheetrock. You have to go into wood. You have to go into the studs. So you're going to have to look for those studs. If you've not done that, let me tell you an easy way. Well, a way, my gosh, we've had a million ways to look for a stud on this show before, but let me tell you the way that I do it. There's this, uh, big, yellow magnet that I have purchased from a home store and it's about six inches long and it's just a big fat magnet. Okay. And you hold it up to the wall and eventually that magnet, if you, if you'll wave it around on the wall, it'll come up and find something metal. What that metal is, is a screw from the sheetrock to the stud. So that's where your stud is. That's how you find the stud, but that's where you want to put your floating shelf so that it has something behind it to really give it some teeth to hold on to. So uh, anyway, if not, you'll end up with all these weird things that you try to put behind sheetrock to hold things up, Um, you know, all kinds of hangers in the wall and things of that nature that eventually will pull through uh, if you put anything on the shelf. So anyway. then you got to patch your sheetrock. So that's a whole different other. That's a whole different project. You know right what? I, that that is part of this person's story. Believe it or not, is that they had to go back and patch the sheetrock <laughs> that they broke because they didn't get into a stud. So anyway, did they try to sit on their shelf? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, so uh, if you have got a DIY question, we want to hear from you. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. I came across this uh, study last night. This was great. And, you know, some of these things are sort of informal, but, you know, you can very much check them out uh, and verify them. The most searched outdoor DIY project in each state. I found this map last night, and it's up to date. This was of 2019. The most searched outdoor DIY project in each state. Okay, so uh, I'm going to name a state, and you guys tell me what you think is the biggest outdoor project there, all right? Utah. Gosh, Utah. That's where we got mountains. Uh-huh. And snow. And the most, uh, and they, uh, the weather's just awesome. But then there's desert. Oh, All right, I'm going to help you. A bench. Okay. A bench is the thing that people in Utah search DIY making more than anything else is a bench. Now, this is, it, it gets fun because you've got things like Maine. Uh, they like to get out and make a garden. Louisiana. Louisiana, uh, the only state in the country who likes most to make sheds. They like to make sheds in their backyards. That's I'm serious, that's what this thing says. A DIY shed. But I'm gonna I'm I'm saving Mississippi, obviously. But uh, I did want to mention this, another one that you can mention, California and Georgia, their favorite thing to search outdoor DIY project is growing grass. I thought that's gotta be the most boring thing on the planet. 
Yeah, yeah but they, what kind of grass? Well, okay, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. It is California. Georgia will catch up. Um, so, but uh, in Mississippi, has the same favorite outdoor activity searched as Nevada? Can you guess what it is? And there are two very distinctive I'm, things. These I'm two say areas. It's a, it's a deck. Okay, a deck. It's a, it's a deck. No, not a deck. A uh, trellis or a uh, extending a roof nope. for shade. Here, here we go. One of the one of the very few only states uh, in the country. We uh, Mississippi, Nevada, and uh, I think I may have found one more. A pool. We will make a DIY pool. Out of anything. That's why you see the weird pictures of stuff online of people putting liners in the back of their trucks and putting water in it. Uh, Mississippians apparently search making. They they like to make their own pools, apparently, is what we do. So make our own swimming pool. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And Nevada. All right. We got some folks on the line right now. We're going to go to it real quick. Bill is on the line in New Albany. Is that where we want to go first, Java? Yep. Bill is on the line in New Albany. You with us, Bill? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I got a comment about your uh, magnet, your yellow magnet. Yes, sir. I'm, I know that you were thinking about the KISS principle when you did that. I did. But... Uh, <laughs> The uh, there's sometimes you have contractors, they're not really too swift on hitting that stud when they put that screw in the uh, seat rock. That's true. So, you know, when I when I do it, if I find a screw, what I'll typically do, me personally, because it, it, exactly what you're talking about, and I put sheetrock on a wall, I know how hard it is to find that stud if you're <laughs> when you're putting it up. So uh, what I tend to do is take that magnet, and I will go <laughs> vertically up and down that area to see if I get another screw somewhere on that same vertical line. This is true, and there's also... Uh, an item that you can get that will actually measure the density, and it's got three little lights on it, and when you hit that center light, boom, you're in the stud. Dead center of the stud. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. So, Thank you. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of different ways to 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 do this, going all the way back to easy contractor tr- tricks to brand-new technology, but, but either way, try to look for that. Yeah, and they're only about t- maybe $10 for them. Yeah, That's it. and and so. they're so well worth it when you go to put in something like that. It's just as valuable to have around the house. A stud finder is just as valuable to have around the house as a level. Like when you put yeah. a picture up, you want a level. It's just a very valuable tool to have hanging around. And you don't want my wife around when you put a hole in the wall. <laughs> okay. She's got a baseball bat. Okay, well, they make bigger <laughs> holes, just so that you know. Hey, that thanks, Bill. One. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, number calls 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. It's time for us to take our first break for the hour. Uh, We're going to look at some tips for dealing with your home after a flood coming up in just a moment and uh, how to safely reenter your home if uh, there has been some flood. Join the conversation and give us a call at 877 MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Now, remember, if uh, if you have water in the home, or are getting water in the home, here's four things to keep in your brain if this is going on. Now, we know hurricane coming through uh, uh, South Mississippi, Alabama, all those areas that do that can hear us. Remember, water carries an electrical current, okay? So stay out of the water, if at all possible. Stay out of the water. Uh, introduce, uh, there's bacteria and microbes into your home that, that would never get in there otherwise if you get a flood. All bets are off. It has to be completely and fully cleaned. Uh, it makes it much harder to walk to safety, and it will weaken the structure of your home. So if the water is there, you don't need to be. So um, we're going to go real quick. That's the first of a couple of things we're going to cover about the flood water this hour, but we're going to go real quick to the phones. And um, Tom is on the, li- uh, on the line. No? No, Susan's on the line. And Flora, what's going on, Susan? Um, thank you for taking the call. Yes, ma'am. I have, there is a uh, hundred-year-old house that's in my family and has heart pine wood floors, and they're suddenly buckling. Never in the hundred years have they buckled. We've looked under, we've had somebody come, and they didn't crawl under there, but they looked under there and said it's dry. There is aeration through the uh, skirt around the house that the bricks have a pattern, an open pattern in certain places, the way old houses do. And uh, I don't know what to do about it. We've had someone say, okay, let's put some tiny little screws in there. Oh, you won't see the heads of it and try to pull it back down to the joist. Right. And somebody else is, uh, well, same person said another uh, option is doing a V, cutting a V in the, uh, the wood. And I suppose that's from the underneath side to then let it settle back down. Right. Uh, well, you are definitely talking in pro territory here. Uh, I'm tapping out, guys. Go for it. Let me ask some questions. Have you added air conditioning to this home? <laughs> Mic's yes, off, Jeff. Yes, yes, we have. About four years ago, we put in central air. And where is where are your registers? Are they in the floor or are they in the ceiling? Uh, they are in the ceiling. Yes, they're in the ceiling and um, 
the register for taking in air is uh, it comes through a wall into a small hall that's outside of a the small hall adjoins two bedrooms and there's a bathroom off of it. And so the big inlet for air to go to the air conditioner, which is up in the attic, um, is there. Have any living conditions changed in the home? Yes. Like, no. being, is it been empty or anything? No. No, okay. no, no. A lot of times whenever floors start to buckle, it is an indication that you've got moisture issues underneath it. So um, you want to solve that problem because screwing down those boards is doing nothing but disguising the symptoms. So there's got to be something. I would hire an inspector or somebody to literally crawl underneath there to see what was going on because moisture issues under houses in Mississippi is um, something that you really need to. I've, I've got several clients I'm working with right now on that particular problem. So the bowing of the boards is a symptom of, of a higher moisture content. And that's why I was asking about your air. And that's, that's strange because, as you mentioned, the home is 100 years old. This isn't the first time we've had a, uh, you know, a wet season. Jeff, uh, uh, yeah, additional me, thoughts? Me, yeah, let me ask one more question. Um, is, the, is the center of the wood coming up? making concave on the bottom or are the edges of the pieces of wood curling up? Oh, it's the center of the wood. Center of the wood is coming up. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is, you, yeah, you, and it's several boards uh, uh, next to each other and it would okay. be several boards each time. You do not let anyone cut grooves in that floor. Never, ever, never. You have a moisture problem under that house. Uh, where, where, where do you live? Well, actually, I I don't live in Flora. I, this is uh, a relative's home that I help take care of. And, okay, so um, okay, so the house I'm is in Flora. Yes, and I'm on my way to Florida right now. I would, I would love for you, and I never do this. And Jason, I hope I'm not stepping out of line here, but I would love for her to email me, and uh-huh. uh, I, I would come look at this. It's it's a hundred year old house. Do not let anyone screw screws in that wood floor. Do not cut that wood floor. We have to cure the problem, and the problem will is easily cured. Uh, it's been there a hundred years and it's just started doing this. Let's, let's, let's investigate, find the problem, cure the problem. And chances are the wood floor will lay back down on itself. Right. And so, you can, you can email the show fix it one one at mpbonline.org and we'll get that information out. Uh, right. and of course, make your own choice of who you'd like to work with. Howler. All right, let's keep moving. Um, <laughs> but thanks for the offer. Here we go. Uh, on the line, we've got uh, Tom. Is that right? Tom and Brandon? What's going on, Tom? Uh, good morning. Uh, first, let me say I am not a DIYer. Uh, I was in sales, and I sold one uh, one more of whatever I was selling. I hired the experts like y'all. So, uh, Let's not get crazy I'm, with that word, y'all, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
now that you're giving out the uh, advice for free, I thought I'd take advantage of it. Uh, yesterday, I was tip pruning some azaleas I have along a back wall of my house, and they're about two foot away from the wall. Uh, and as I was behind them, I felt some soft spots, and I pulled back the uh, pine uh, mulch and found a, about a 15-yard wide length, uh, the length along the wall. Uh, holes, some were about a foot and others were just holes, and uh, I could see all the way down to the bottom of the foundation, actually. Now, I didn't come across any roots, so I don't think it's anything to do with the azaleas. I did have where my gutter came apart from the fascia board, uh, and I don't know how long that was happening until I found it and hired someone to fix it. Uh, or, uh, you know, my worst fear, I guess, would be some kind of burrowing animals. Uh, any advice on that? And what I might should do about it? Pros? Yeah, thank you for pulling the mulch away from your house. Mulch next to a house is such a bad idea. Um, It it might look pretty, but it's going to invite. I mean, it's like a party for the rodents. They're like, oh, mulch against the house. Let's go over there and hang out. Free beds. Yes. So I would pull all that mulch out. What I did and what I recommend my clients do is pull the mulch away and come back with some type of a landscaping stone or something that is not going to be organic next to the house and then start your mulch after that. Um, but yeah, I would a little, probably. A little gravel, a yes. little, you know, gravel walkway or, you know, a foot out. Yeah, um, I use slag. I just I yeah. use the slag, and it just packs down in there, and it keeps. Then I don't have to deal with. Hey, with let's uh, hang on. What what would you say? And someone may have missed that. What is slag? Slag is the uh, correct me on this, Jeff, but it, it's the byproduct of steel. Whenever they're manufacturing, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. It, it's 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 not expensive. Not expensive, um, and it's raw. And another plus. Another plus to that, once you get that vegetation away from your house, you can you can almost do your, your own, you know, bug exterminating. Just get your your chemical on a pump up sprayer and go ahead and spray it once a month. Yeah, um, I mean, it's really it, it, it's really helpful. We don't do it on a regular basis, and we should. Uh, but Pam is exactly right. Pull that vegetation away from your house. Put your slag, your gravel, limestone, or whatever down there. Good thing and it is. Sounds like, uh, I mean, sorry. Bill, I'm sorry. Tom, you were talking about the overflow on your gutter. Probably what's happening is that you were getting overflow on that gutter because it had pulled away from the fascia. And that was creating. So now you've got. You've got a double invitation to all the rodents because now they've got water, <laughs> they've got mulch. So you've got to solve your gutter problem, and then I would dig that out really good, and um, and then come back with some type of a slag or something. Okay. So you're you're saying fill in the uh, holes with slag? I, I filled it in with sand, but uh... no, sand is good. No, 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 no. The sand is good to kind of go down. Sand is a leveling component, so that's right. great. You can use the bags of sand, and then just don't put mulch on top of it anymore. Come back with that slag or some gravel instead. 
Yeah. Okay. And Tom, um, it's it. You've picked something that is is great because most landscapers can do exactly what what Pam is talking about. So this is not something that, uh, as far as grabbing, um, uh, you know, grabbing the mulch away from your house and replacing it with something like slag or whatever you choose to, uh, is something that a contractor like that could handle. I would think. Okay. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, sir. We appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Have a great day. We're going to uh, take a call real quick. Let's go straight to, uh, nope, let's go to Kathy in Jackson. She's got a comment about that wood floor thing. What's going on, Kathy? Hey, Kathy. Hi there. Um, I wanted to comment on, uh, well, the uh, one lady that called about her floors buckling. Yes, I had one of my friends uh, send me a picture less than a month ago. Her hardwoods that have been down for years, they started buckling. So, you know, she called a contractor and they're trying to figure out what to do. And when I used to work at Lowe's in Georgia over the flooring department, uh-huh. I used to love to hear the contractors and you know, them trying to figure out different situations. So I knew if if, if they had a basement under the floors, they would tell people to let a fan run all the time to avoid the moisture. And then also, like I heard before about the strews, putting the strews from the bottom, but I hear that's not a good thing with right. the pulls wood down. But also another lady where their hardwood had been down for years, and because of the extreme heat that continued for several months, their floor started buckling, but her and her husband got all the baseboards up, and they had to go through and cut a certain amount off the wood um, coming up against the wall to allow for expansion. So even if the hardwoods have been there for years, 100 years or so, is that true that the wood could still expand more than usual when you deal with the heat for extreme periods of time, and I'll hang up and listen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, I wonder if it was the same thing that uh, Jeff brought up, which was which way was the wood curling? Was it curling, you know, with the uh, a crest on top or a crest at the sides? And uh, and that tells you a lot about fixing the problem or how you can at least attack it from the beginning. Am I correct, Jeff? All right. I trust you yes, on that. Yes. Okay, there you go. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. We're good. Yeah. I was asleep at the wheel. Right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take Bill real quick in New Albany. What's going on, Bill? Yes, sir. I'm back again. Uh, on that deal with the mulch up against the house. Yes, sir. The, uh, the solution I found for my place is to properly install uh, those two by uh, two foot by two foot. Uh, square uh, pa- uh, concrete pads that are decorative pads, uh-huh. stepping stones, and l- put those all along the wall and make sure you install them at a little bit of an angle out away from the house to where the water will run off away from the house and never have any problems. Interesting. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate the, uh, that there's always another good idea out there. And, and, and those are, you know, it's like you were talking about, it's a foot off the wall. It's about all you need. That, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, and he said something very important. Make sure that you have positive drainage from that wall out. Right. So that the water doesn't sit on your uh, yeah. foundation. Yeah. Remember, 
remember 10, 10 foot out from our house, we want, we want, uh, 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 six inches of fall. Right. So, all right, uh, you know what? We're going to take a break real quick. Uh, it's time for us to take a break. When we return, we're going to answer some more of your home improvement questions. I've got an email also, guys, that I've just got to get you all into about some uh, tile cracking, and uh, I want you to be able to help with that. So if you want to get your question on, and if you want to talk about DIY, join the conversation at 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. I must have one of my microphones on wrong or something. All right. So uh, if you want to get in on the air here today and ask your DIY question, it's 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. However, if you want to send an email and get it on the air, you can uh, send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org, just like Jim here did. And here we go. I've got the email. I've signed a contract for new windows, but understand that some displacement of the siding, which likely contains asbestos, may be necessary. Should I wear a mask for several days to avoid exposure? What about getting an air purifier, which might be a good idea anyway? I suspect that much of the problem may be outside the home, but there are, uh, but there are there that will be an inside. Will there be a problem inside also? Thanks, Jim. Uh, have you guys dealt with uh, uh, working with putting windows in and having to move siding? I'm sure Jeff has. It looks like he's he's muted. But oh, there yeah, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to do that. Just remove your. Trim around your window, cut your nailing fin off, order your new windows with no nailing fin, and put it, put them right back in. It's very simple. So, what do you what are you thinking, Jeff, with um uh with this asbestos concern? He's he's concerned that because his siding uh, contains asbestos, uh, that that he may need to to uh, wear something special. Yes, he needs to wear proper PPE, and then he needs to wet that down with a with a water hose and a sprayer. Well, if he's... keep it wet, mm-hmm. contain that asbestos in a um, heavy duty garbage bag. Make sure you you let the landfill know that it is asbestos, and they will they will act accordingly. Well, so, he's, uh, he's uh, not doing the, the work. He's hired someone to do the work, but he would like to know if he needs to uh, uh, protect himself inside the home from the work going on outside with the asbestos. Um, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I would probably, I would probably vacate the premises, but make sure that the contractor is using a water hose, make sure that they are disposing of that asbestos properly 
because he could be held liable. It, it is he actually owns the asbe- the asbestos. Oh wow! Now, if you'll if you'll call your if you will call your waste um, um, provider, wh- whoever is going to take care of that waste, mm-hmm. let them know what you have. They will send you a dedicated dumpster for that. Now, well, if if you hired a company to come in and do this, should you assume that they are handling that? Uh, I don't like to assume anything. There you go. Uh, because there's some contractors out there will that will simply mix that asbestos in with everything else and not say anything. Yikes! And there could be some healthy penalties with that. Okay. Yeah, you want to make sure, and I think this speaks to something, and I'm working with some clients on this right now too. I want if if I want to have in writing everything that that contractor is going to do, and especially if we're dealing with some type of asbestos, there are certain licensures that you are supposed to have when you start working with that particular product. Well, it's a hazardous chemical. It's a hazardous material. Sorry. And I have friends who have been affected by asbestos, and it's not pretty, and it's not comfortable. So I would just make sure with that contractor that they know they're getting into possible asbestos and talk to them about their mitigation. Um, what what, is, what are they going to do to right. keep it from spreading in the house? Are they going to contain it so that, you know, because I'm... I'm actually thinking I would, if it were me, I would want some type of a plastic or something on the inside of that window so that everything's done on the outside doesn't then float inside my house. Okay. But you know. they should have that information, and I want that in writing. I Good. want to make sure, because Jeff is right, you don't want them coming back on you with, well, you didn't tell us there was asbestos, so now we're going to sue you because we got a guy in the hospital. Right. Oh, oh, thank you for that advice. Uh, didn't even think of it that deep, but thank you. That's why you guys are the pros. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to the phone real quick. Rickson's on the line, and he's got a, a moisture in his crawl space. What's going on, Rickson? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying hello to Jeff and Pam. It's been a while, but uh, crawl <laughs> space. Is... Yeah, man. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Good to hear from you. What you got yeah. going? You're going to well, talk about moisture in the crawl space? Uh oh. Yeah. I know I heard him talking about that, and you know, there's only one way to deal with those buckling floors when you're on a crawl space, and that is seal it up and dry it out. What's really creating the problem right now is this high humidity, and you're hitting dew point, and those floors are condensing, and they're like a sponge soaking up that moisture. I got a question for you, Rickson. You sound like a pro. Um, so I wanted to ask you this question. If, if that's the case, and let's believe that that is absolutely hundred percent true. What is, you know, I mean, this house has been through two wars and a depression kind of thing. In other words, why, why today? Why right now, outside of the fact that it's 2020, um, why would it, why would it <laughs> be different now than it was in, yeah, in 1920, you know? Well, it could be several things. Number one, maybe they've turned their air conditioner colder. And the cold air is dense. It goes to the floor. Uh, those floors oh. get super cold. And it's just like if you take a glass of iced tea and it sweats. Yeah. That's what's happening. And that sweat's going to the floor. And you cannot put a fan down there to dry it out. You're just stirring the air up. You can't put 
fence fans on one side of the house and draw air out because you're pulling more in on the opposite side. There's only one way to fix it, and that is to seal it up and dry it out, dehumidification. And you must close the vents, completely cover the ground with a vapor barrier, close the vents, dehumidify. That is the only way to permanently take care of the problem. Wow. Anybody in the air conditioning business worth their salt will agree 100%. There you, you go. You heard it from Rick. Yeah, you can't control the humidity in the house if you're not dehumidifying also. Okay. Now, that's another thing. You're drying the house out so the air is drier in the house, and it's trying to pull that moisture through the floor. Rickson, that is fantastic. I love how confident you are in your answer. We appreciate 22 that. years of experience behind it. There you go. Okay. Thank well, you, sir. Just, uh, and if you're going to do that, you better pull out that checkbook because it ain't cheap. Oh, well, okay. Neither is replacing floors, you know. Neither is replacing floors. That's true. Replace floors, they get expensive. Yeah. Thank you, Rickson. Yeah. We appreciate it. We're going to keep okay. on moving. We've got another flooring buckling issue. Uh, Deborah's on the line in Sturgis. What's going on, Deborah? Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Yes, and ma'am. I've heard a lot of good advice, okay? My house is 69 years old, has the original uh, floors in it, wood floors. Um, it's buckling, um, peaking close to the air vents in some of the rooms. Um, also, in my kitchen and dining room, it's a running hump on the floor. And I had a, or I have a uh, hot water heater in my ceiling over the kitchen, and it rained. It busted and rained on my kitchen, caused a lot of damage. Yikes. And my question is, and I live on a I live in a conventional home. Is do you put a barrier under the house? Uh, yeah. Would you guys like to comment? I was going to jump in on what you know what Rickson was saying before. I think, in my opinion, every crawl space is like every person. It's always different. They're different. So you can't have one solution for all. I I think you really have to get in there and and kind of evaluate what's going on. And in your situation, you're in an older home. I would either have a contractor or an inspector come in and identify what the problems are and then start to problem solve according to what your specific issue is. Because it sounds like on your registers coming up through the floor they're probably leaking and that's causing your problem your buckling floor around your ac registers happens all the time wow so you're talking about okay so when you go to the register and the register seems to be sweating is that what you're talking about no well oh i'm sorry go ahead Uh, the register register is coming up through the floor yeah, they're coming up through the floor, and there's no moisture on the register, in the register. It's just the boards will come up. And well, what's um, happening, Yeah, what's happening there, Deborah, uh-huh. is that you go underneath the house, which, you know, you may want to do that. I don't know. But if you go underneath the house, that register boot is sealed to the bottom of the floor. Well, it's connected. 
but it's not sealed. So what happens is that that thing's blowing cold air, but it ain't all coming in your house. It's seeping back underneath the boards, and it's condensating and causing them to buckle. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. Um, The other thing is that I do have a humidifier in the house, like a big unit, and it pulls a lot of water. Did you say dehumidifier or humidifier? Um. A dehumidifier. Okay, good. Yeah. We don't need yeah. humidifiers in the South. No. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we get that naturally. If that thing's pulling a lot of water, your uh-huh. air conditioner is not working right. Because uh, an air conditioner is a dehumidifier. Okay. That's what it does. Okay. okay. So how old is your unit? Um, I would say it was 10 to 15 years. That's, you know, yeah. that's uh, that's on the line, uh, uh-huh. Deborah. That, you know, in other words, that's a serviceable unit, most likely. But, you know, you'll need to uh, balance your costs there. Because even if it's serviceable, apparently it might not be doing its job. So uh, you, okay. might, you might want to talk to an AC pro uh, that might be able to help you. Actually, uh, as, as Pam mentioned, if you fix the AC, you most likely won't have this issue. But what that means is that somebody's got to look to make sure all those boots are connected properly and not leaking. Okay. So. Well, yeah. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you very much. We appreciate you calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. You want to keep on moving? Let's go to Robert in Memphis. And he's got a microbial growth on wood issue, he says. Actually, it says mold on wood issue. But here we go. Robert, you with us? Yes. So what's going on? Okay. I've got a lake house in Heber Springs, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And it's only about 10 years old. And what happened was... I discovered a little mold or microbial growth or whatever you want to call it on this one piece of wood. Uh, it's a conventional uh, basement. Uh-huh. And uh, so I had, you know, they put the um, vapor barrier down. And it's not a crawl space. It's almost a ba- part of it's a crawl space, but some of it's like 10 or 13 feet high because it's on a slant, the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put a I put a commercial uh, dehumidifier in the bottom, the work you know sealed everything and closed it. Right. But there's one there's one piece of the wood, uh, you know, and I'm not a builder, so I'm not probably describing this right. But the de- the decks above it, and when the when it rains, the water comes off the deck, and this is right over the basement door. Mm-hmm. And this one piece, it's by like 12 by 12 piece of the wood there. And I put all these topical things on it and right. it just keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, can I, can I get a carpenter to cut that piece of wood out and put another piece of wood in there? Or what, what should I do? You absolutely can, but you'll do that over and over again until you stop that water. Um, the water that's, that's, that's making the problem. So right. the problem seems to be the deck draining off into that other area. And right. that may be where you really need to focus uh, your efforts towards maybe, uh, I don't know, I don't know the outline of it or the, the how it's made. But, you know, if you need to gutter it or move it or or maybe move that water somehow so that it's not pouring into the same place. Because, like I said, you can have someone replace it all day long, but. You know, if the problem's still happening, you're just going to have to do it again. Yeah. So, so could you put like 
I was thinking maybe flashing. Do you think that might work? Or flashing works great. To work the water out, yeah. Because I don't care what it, that, I don't care what it looks that's like. That's exactly I'm right. I just move, want to get the water out of there. Move that water with the with a proper piece of flashing. Now, do your homework. You know, don't poke a hole in your flashing. Don't just go up there and put a piece of flashing up. Do do your homework. Uh, and, and put and install the flashing correctly, then fix any rotten wood, and that should take care of your problem. Well, I'm, I've I've done the, the home deals before, and then ended up hiring somebody like you. So I'm going to get somebody <laughs> smart this time. Thank I'm you. Hire the guy first and tell him to do that. You know. You know what? Uh, Sometimes that is the smartest move you can make. Is uh, yeah. the best home improvement uh, project you can take on is hiring the contractor sometimes. Yeah, so, all right. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank and you. ladies, so pardon me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Acknowledge thank it, you. Pam. <laughs> yeah, it, it's coming. You. It's coming. All right. <laughs> So, so uh, we were talking today about some water coming into your house. Uh, one of the things that you're going to need to deal with, if you do have water in your house at any time, this also works for just any time you kind of boo-boo in your house, is drywall repair. And there's a, there's a couple of things that, that you need in life if you want to, to fix your drywall. Uh, if it's a little hole, like a doorknob hole, we'll say it's a doorknob hole when I say little uh, a doorknob hole, you can fix that with a kit that you find, you know, uh, at, at just about any of your home stores. You can find a kit that will fix a doorknob hole, no problem. And you can either do it by covering that hole or you can do it by actually patching the hole so that you can no longer see it. Um, but those are kind of easy to repair. Obviously, screw holes, things like that require just a little spackle. But when you're talking about when water gets in, one of the things, um, sheetrock will absorb water uh, really, really, when it does, it's it's gone. You cannot repair sheetrock that's been wet that I have come across. I know other people have fought with me on that, but I, I just think once it's wet, it, you need to replace. Uh, so have you guys come across that before? Yeah, and one thing that I would add, if you're going to start working with sheetrock, you need to really load up on some patience. <laughs> oh, well, and we've talked about this before on the show and the fact that sheetrock is a thing. When you when you talk about uh, the trades, the crafts, sheetrock is the art of it. Um, that one is not uh, for the faint of heart. And if you're a perfectionist, you need to just – Stop and hire somebody because uh, yeah, because you gotta. I mean, now, you float and then you sand and then you float. Now remember, sheetrock <laughs> less is always more. Yeah, less is always you more. You have to sand that mud when it dries. And if you think, oh, there's a huge mess. Yes. Turn your air off. You're gonna suck all that in your vents. So, um, but Pam's right. Just be patient. Put a little bit of mud, and it's going to be a lot of mud, I promise. And I know uh, drywall is a little, uh, well, not a little, but a lot more expensive right now, but not so expensive so that you should not replace, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about drying sheetrock with big fans and stuff? I've seen that. Patience. 
<laughs> no, I mean, should one yeah, keep I mean, the sheetrock after it's after it's been introduced to water? Oh no! no. Once no. once sheetrock has enough water in it, no, you you just replace it. It's 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 very inexpensive. Um, now, if it just has a water stain on it, different deal. You right. can deal with that. Well, um, and something that I did on mine on sheetrock, I'm in an old house that has shifted, and so I had a big crack along a plaster wall mm-hmm. in my master bedroom. So what I did is I purchased, and it, it was cheaper for whatever reason, beadboard, and did an accent wall with yeah. that instead of trying to replace the sheetrock. And then I had stains in my office ceiling around my chimney, and after I had the uh, the roof redone, I didn't want to have to paint my ceiling, mm-hmm. so I put metal up there. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, my father taught me that trick when my brother put his foot through the ceiling in his room uh, when he was up playing in the attic. So my dad just put a big piece of uh, wood or what we would call beadboard now up there and covered the whole ceiling again. The, the ceiling looked phenomenal later. But it was only because he didn't want to patch the ceiling and you know. Well, and let's go back to children playing in the attic. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was the seventies, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of had free reign, you know. All right, uh, so look, if you want to uh, get an email on it, fix it one hundred and one at mpbonline dot org. I did want to ask you guys this real quick: um, ceramic tile in a mobile home, they put it right on the underlayment on the on the wood. Now they're trying to get rid of this thing um, so that they can lay vinyl planks. Um, or can they just put the planks down on the tile floor? Thoughts? Should they remove the tile? Well, Jeff has muted himself again, so I'm going to say I would I would knock that tile up if it were me. I'd absolutely bring the tile up. That just sounds like, well, first of all, it is a little bit of fun if you're bringing it off of wood. Get a get a big a hammer. hammer. Yeah, big hammer. Have a good time. That's right. All right, folks, that's it. We're uh, we're at the end of it. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.